welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. And hi, my name's Kay. Today we will be reading from the book made for this by Jenny Allen. And we are going to talk about why do we suffer? Kay, I'm going to let you read the verse to that. But have you had any God winks or anything exciting? Or have you seen God move in anybody else's lives that you'd like to share today? Well, I have two things. That oh, yay. Have we come, haven't talked forever. Mind. I have yeah. no idea yeah. what she's going to yeah. say. <laughs> so, um, I have seen God move a mighty way in my dad's life and, and my mom and dad. You know, dad had to spend 15 days in the hospital having a vein put into his leg to get circulation to his foot being... 84 years old, you lose your strength much quicker. I am just praising God that dad really stepped up and was faithful to his physical therapy. And the physical therapists were very dedicated. It's good to see that. Dedication's hard to find out there. And he came home doing extremely well. And I just pray God, praise God for the peace that... They are still so very independent that they are now, dad's got his driving privileges back. He calls me up and he goes, I'm free. <laughs> You're free. Did mom have you tied up in the closet or what? <laughs> Said, was you bad? <laughs> he goes, that would be hard to lose driving privileges. Which, which I know, you know, praise God. So far, so good. You know, cause they take the kids back and forth to school and pick the kids up and, so, honestly, the last two weeks, there's only been one day I've had to pick up the kids. And so, I'm going like, I don't know how to act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's early, isn't it? Because, you know, uh, with Dad being in the hospital, you know, my routine. Isn't it funny how that happens, you know? Um, but I just think that, you know, our subject is why do we why do we suffer? In this case, I see it that it makes us very grateful when we come to the other side and we see what God was really doing. So I think that um, in my mom and dad's life, mom was picking up a lot of the slack because dad, his foot was bothering him so badly that it was all over a, to a toe. And praise God that they realized it was more than an infection in the toe. Yeah. And that his blood wasn't getting there. And praise God for the doctor's hands and the wisdom there. And But now they're coming to the ball games and mom's glad dad's driving. She's lo loving it getting back in the passenger seat. <laughs> I bet she is. I bet yeah. she is. Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. glad all that worked out okay and yeah. physical therapy. And yeah. um, you guys are a close family and you do a lot for each other. And that's really cool and nice to see and... That's that's good. God is good when God we is, pray. God is good for our family. God is good. Yes. So, okay, we have Genesis fifty twenty here today. Uh, you intended me, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, and the saving of many lives. We still come back to the question, why does God let us suffer? Jesus is best known through suffering. Every time I want to be mad at God because of suffering, 
he shows me Jesus. As the Bible puts it, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. And it is true. I have known Jesus most deeply in suffering. He seems to inhabit suffering, and he endured it too. He's not a God unfamiliar with suffering, and he is near our broken hearts. When we suffer, we get stronger. With suffering comes a morbid but helpful perspective that life is moving fast and that this earth is not our home. I used to live in fear that my life wasn't going to work out just right. The more I surrender to suffering and to joy and to whatever God has for me, the less I worry about it. Now, my biggest fear is that I won't spend my life well for God. I can run further and longer than I could before, and I'm not despairing. Faith is growing. We hurt for heaven. I remember a day when we sat at a funeral for a friend who committed suicide. The day before, the state of Oklahoma nearly blew away in tornadoes. It was one of those days you just hurt for heaven. After 24 hours of scenes of flattened neighborhoods and missing children, the whole country was hurting for all the wrongs to be made right and all the shock to be made peaceful. Suffering often jars us out of our comatose lives. As I listened to the pastor describe the life of our friend, I ached to be with him in heaven. I also ached to live this short life with as much passion and love as humanly possible. Suffering reminds us this life is short and this earth is not our home. God's glory will be revealed and those who have suffered most will be the most overjoyed. Our lives could leave a mark. If we are here for just a breath, I'd like my little breath to feel more like a mighty gust of wind. That takes surrender, perseverance, and not wasting my minutes away on comparing or complaining. The apostles walked away from painful persecution, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering. It is an honor to suffer. It is a privilege. And we are not to waste it. God wrote suffering into our stories and wants to redeem it for his glory. And if we weren't shaking our fists at him, we could possibly sit down and see that we are running from a life in flames toward a great purpose. A purpose that could never exist without flames. God promises throughout scripture to redeem your suffering. To make beautiful things out of ashes. Nobody else can do that. He can. He can turn dead and dry bones into living life. Redeem death and make it alive. He can take the most awful, horrific, terrible circumstances and bring life into them. How will he do that? I tell you how he has done it in my life. My dad is better than ever now at telling me how proud he is of me. Looking back, I realize he has always been proud of me because of his own scars. He just didn't know exactly how to show me. But as a child, I could perceive only that my worst fear was coming true. The thing my soul craved more than any other was out of my reach, my daddy's approval. 
And like all bondage, my quest for my dad's approval turned into something bigger, pleasing anyone I could. I was motivated, but the motive of my heart, the song I sang in my head, my thoughts, the way I interacted with people that I thought about when I woke and when I lay down, they were all about trying to please people around me. I was completely chained up. God used something dark to break chains in me and to set me free. I stood staring at my worst fear in the face, and God never felt closer. Gloria's story. Gloria wrote to me about one of the darkest times imaginable. On December 20th of 2016, a good friend of mine's baby passed away from SIDS. He was a He was at a basketball game the night before, smiling and cooing, and gone the next day. It was devastating for so many. In January, God kept laying on Gloria's heart to host a church Bible study in her home. Initially, she resisted the commitment, but when she reached out to her good friend, Elisha, who had lost her baby, Elisha agreed to come to a home study on Restless. Nine women who hadn't known one another all that well connected and went deep. When they got to the part on suffering, Gloria recalled, One week, Alicia talked a little. Week two, she was angry at our pastor because he had said, Alicia, I know you don't see this, but God is going to use this for his glory. Something good is going to happen. Alicia was mad because she didn't want it to be her story of a baby dying. We all shed lots of tears with her, especially on the chapter of suffering. We realized we had all experienced suffering in different ways. By the end of their time together, Alicia shared her dream of creating a foundation in her son's name, the Knox Blocks Foundation. Its mission was to give away outlet baby monitors, which attach to a baby's foot and monitor heartbeat and breathing on a phone app. Their goal is to save lives, and Gloria is sure that God is working miracles and saving others through the unspeakable pain she experienced when her greatest fear came true. If our worst fears come true, God... And we suffer, and he comforts us. We comfort others. Intended for good. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort of We ourselves receive from God. Everywhere I go, I see people stuck in bondage to something invisible and I lose sleep. Pound the table and spend endless hours fighting for their freedom through writing and teaching. Out of my pain, I see others' pain. And because I have tasted freedom, I crave others' freedom. Abortion recovery groups. Words penned on how to walk through a divorce you never wanted. Crying with your friend who just lost her mother. 
a friend sharing for the first time that she was abused because you shared your abuse. Moving toward caring for the fatherless through adoption because you never had a father. Out of our pain, we heal. Out of our bondage, we set free. And again, the messiest waste of our lives becomes the most fertile soil. I'm getting there and embracing suffering. But as I embrace it, the pain seems only to increase. It helps me to read Genesis 50, where Joseph faced his brothers who had caused decades of suffering to him and said, You intended harm to me, but God meant it for good. Then he said, To accomplish the saving of many lives. Our suffering could possibly save lives. If God's arrow really does go on forever and ever and never ends, it's justifiable that God cares more about our eternity with him than this little pixel today. What men meant for evil, God meant for good. For the saving of many, fires are lit in our lives. And they can burn to shine light or cause destruction. We get to decide which purpose they will serve. Okay, can you read Genesis fifty twenty again, please? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. Do you believe this about the suffering of your life? Can God use it for good? Are you surprised that part of finding our purpose could be through our suffering? Is that hard for you to embrace or do you agree? Do you see any convictions or passions emerge when you look back at the trials you have suffered? 2 Corinthians 1.4 says that he comforts us in our troubles. How have you seen this verse Tell a short story from your own life or from someone you know about how ministry is birthed from suffering. What is your hope as you process the suffering in your life? So read Genesis 37, 12 through 36 and Genesis 39. Describe Joseph's suffering as he might if he were plotting them on an arrow. What stood out to you? In Joseph's life and sufferings, about his attitude, about God's control in his life. He it's I think my favorite story, Joseph, because he years, what was it, twenty plus years he suffered and never, ever, ever gave up on God because he had those dreams. He knew they were from God. He knew everyone was going to bow down to him in one way. It just cracks me up just the way he approached his brothers and the things, you know, that he said to his brothers. It's uh, just pretty amazing. So, okay, we're going to end it there. And then next week when we get back together, we are going to talk about threads of places about the the Lord was with Joseph, so he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. It is just amazing where God put Joseph, high up in authority. 
I mean, even though prison and all that stuff, he, it's, God does that all the time. He puts people in high places with no experience at all whatsoever. It's because you're his disciple and you're open to doing what he wants you to do and where he wants to put you. So with that, we're going to close. Have a great week. God bless you. Thank you.